Welcome to Craft of Code, a podcast brought to you by Linode that explores the stories of developers, entrepreneurs, and enterprises of all sizes from all over the world who share our mission to make cloud computing simple, affordable, and accessible to all. Large organizations use multiple cloud providers to meet increasingly growing needs for things like better economics and redundancy. Not to mention shop among providers to find the best fit for their application and data workloads. It's a trend that's been growing over the past five years or so with no signs of letting up. Like their bigger business brethren, smaller companies have similar, if not more direct, cost and backup needs. Yet many, if not most, don't have the people or wallets to build and manage the custom-built platforms that make multi-cloud possible for the likes of the Fortune 500. So what do you do if you're a smaller company? Our guest today said that there's a better way to look at multi-cloud, one that makes its benefits accessible from Main Street to Wall Street. Johnny Dallas is the co-founder and CEO of Zeet. They build developer platforms that can be connected, deployed, and scaled on any cloud provider. He's going to tell us how. Thanks for being here, Johnny. Thanks for having me, Mike. So let's start at the beginning. You were working for a fairly big company when you came up with the idea for Zeet. What was it you saw that made you go, hey, I need to do this? Yeah. Well, you know, um, in some of the biggest companies, you have a wealth of resources and you have really powerful tooling there in place to help you succeed. When I was an engineer in my last job at one of the big tech companies, um, all I had to do to produce code that was used by millions of users was write the application logic. I didn't have to worry about scaling. I didn't have to worry about security. I didn't have to worry about all of the other things that go into going to production outside of just writing my application. That was a great developer experience. I could just focus on my craft. I could focus on achieving the things that my team cared about without getting bogged down by all the other things. But when I went to go work on some side projects and I interviewed other engineers from other companies or people who weren't in some of these top tech companies, I realized how poor the state of tooling was for the rest of the world. There's a very, very small number of companies that get access to the leading edge and have the resources to really pursue what the leading edge of DevOps can look like. And most companies are not that. So we've started Zeet really to bring high quality DevOps engineering down to a market that can't normally access it. And a big part of that is multi-cloud. And you have a different way of looking and sort of talking about multi-cloud where you actually flip the idea on its back. As opposed to building infrastructure, then deploying it on multiple clouds, you choose the clouds first, then build the infrastructure to fit the strengths of each cloud. So can you explain how it all works and sort of why you took this contrarian approach? Yeah. So uh, it very much comes from, we, we start at the base of developer experience. What is the best experience we can bring to an app developer? What's the way that app developers think about the cloud? What's the way that they think about their applications? What's the way they think about their projects? And start there. What we realized was when we asked people to just draw you know, um, quick overview of your application, draw me on a whiteboard how your, how your architecture works for some cloud application, they draw really big boxes that say things like API or database or website, very high level concepts. That box of API could be built in one way on AWS, another way on Linode, another way on Oracle, another way on GCP. 
And actually, the app developers didn't care about what the underlying technology was. They just cared about what they got out of it. So what we do is, is we ask application developers to come in and build their architecture, describe all of the applications that they want, how the services work together, and then as the last step, decide where you actually want this to be hosted. Your cloud provider can actually just be a backend for your web app. Um, you can very much separate these things. You want a web app deployed from GitHub, built with Docker, with this many CPUs and this many um, gigs of RAM? Great. Any cloud provider can provide that for you. So why do you have to get locked into just one? You know, that gets into the, it sounds like it gets a little bit into the, the, the you know, the concept of platform engineering, which is the, you know, the term you use and one we're starting to hear a lot more in conversation. You know, how do you define platform engineering and how is it different from the DevOps we've come to know? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, platform engineering is definitely the term to watch right now. It's uh, certainly on the rise. Um, I think the easiest way to think about the difference is platform engineering is DevOps as a product. It's DevOps teams thinking about building an internal product, not just a set of playbooks or a set of procedures, but an actual product with customers who are the engineers at that company. When you run a product, you do very different things than typical DevOps work. You should do user interviews. You should have a roadmap. You should have a way for people to give you feedback on the product. The primary way that your customers should interact with your product should be through a product face. It should not be Jira tickets. It should be a web UI or an API or a CLI. So it's very much a shift to let's have platform engineers, which is kind of this new emergent field of DevOps, engineer platforms as a product for their developers, for application developers, who are really there just to build applications and business logic. I think an easy analogy to look at is um, Heroku and some of the other app platform companies that are out there. The idea of a platform engineering is very much, how can you build something like that internally, built just for your use case, intended only to be used by your engineers? What uh, limitations can you overcome? And what new applications can you enable to be created that way? Yeah, platforms and infrastructure, you know, we, we often, you know, they're often considered the sort of the digital plumbing that nobody ever sees, uh, just like in the house, right? Going with the analogy route. You know, how are some of your clients bringing this contrarian view to life? Yeah, it's, uh, it's the plumbing that nobody ever sees, but it's the plumbing that runs our world. Um, it's some of the most important plumbing there is. It's how all data moves around. I think uh, when we looked at this space, we saw these two groups, the application developers who just want to make business logic happen and iterate and build as quickly as possible, and these infrastructure engineers who care very deeply about the plumbing. And they're both right, but they're kind of at odds with each other right now. So one thing that we've really been able to make happen through platform engineering and with Z is these platform engineers are now able to show this plumbing to application engineers when they care about it. The application engineers are able to dig in and see why is this thing failing without having to go become an infrastructure expert? Um, it's pretty, it is, it's very interesting to see how people are kind of leveraging this idea of, oh, great, I have a productized version of my infrastructure. What can I do with that? I think um, there's a notable example relevant to multi-cloud, which is we've seen more and more companies use multi-cloud for a very different reason. I think typically people assume multi-cloud is being used for uh, redundancy or disaster recovery or compliance reasons. We actually see people leveraging Z as a platform to engineer multi-cloud workloads that 
our multi-cloud just to uh, take advantage of the different cloud providers available to them. I think um, you can imagine there are companies who will use Eat and will deploy high bandwidth applications on one cloud to save money on their bandwidth bill. Then we'll deploy um, GPU workloads on another cloud to save money on their GPU bill. And then lastly, we'll deploy development workloads on a third cloud because they have credits there for development use cases. It really uh, opens up the possibility, if you can imagine every cloud is available to you, pick and choose which workloads you want to run where. And uh, having a platform on top of that is really required to enable that. Yeah, it allows it allows companies to to shop their workloads based on what's the best fit, whether it's price performance or uh, or even just cap- capabilities uh, among among providers. You know, one of the companies you work with, LiveKit, had some pretty specific needs for their open source WebRTC program uh, or platform, uh, as I understand it. And you know, we all know live video is probably one of the most visible applications where low latency can make or break a user experience. So talk to me a little bit about how Z worked with LiveKit to deliver the performance they needed. Yeah, so LiveKit's a, a great example of one of these companies that went multi-cloud um, at a very early stage. I think uh, we've worked working with, Live, with LiveKit since their conception, and they were multi-cloud on day one. They, uh, I should actually say they are multi-cloud on day two. Day one, they were on one single cloud, and they realized very quickly that while they had a bunch of credits on that cloud, they really weren't going to be able to scale their business purely off of that one cloud provider. Their uh, bandwidth bill was going to get extremely intense, um, and WebRTC is both high in bandwidth and low in latency, and extremely important to have the network considerations proper for an application like LiveKit. So what they did was they moved their entire um, production stack for networking over to to Linode, um, really to take advantage of the networking benefits there. And they were able to do that seamlessly without having to re-architecture their entire application. Zeet knew that they wanted to run this GitHub repo in this way. This is how it built. This is how it deploys. Which cloud provider that has to happen on could kind of be the last step. We were able to make that transition pretty easy for them. And and what sort of pro- what sort of products are were were in or technologies, I guess, were enabling that? Because I know you you know you mentioned you mentioned sort of network intensive, low latency, like the network part of part of cloud computing, which we always think it's just data centers, right? Just throw more, throw more weight and more servers at it. But, uh, you know, we forget you have to connect all of these things together. <laughs> totally. I think um, you, it's, uh, it, it takes a mountain, right? There's a, there's a million technologies happening underneath. Um, so LiveKit's now using LKE, Linode's Kubernetes engine. I think we've been seeing a lot of teams leverage Kubernetes here as a way to have kind of a common pla- common foundation across different clouds. If they are able to you know, right-size their workloads to um, work within a typical deployment or pod spec, then we can much, very easily move them between these Kubernetes clusters and leverage all the work that uh, the, the cloud providers themselves are doing. I think we've seen the best network performance from LKE of all the cloud providers that we've tried it, tested with. And so we recommend it for any network-intensive applications going forward. So what's, you know, what sort of advice would you give other people right, or or some of your some of your clients what kind of sort of advice do you give some of your clients on what they should do what they need to look at as they are you know as they're facing the multi you know as they're facing challenges of multi cloud or opportunities of multi cloud even really right i think the uh, i think the most important piece to designing 
a multi-cloud architecture is truly design it um, and design it in such a way that you are separating your dependencies of application from the underlying cloud services. Wherever possible, we recommend people build to the abstractions of serverless or the abstractions of Kubernetes, not to the abstractions of you know, AWS Lambda versus GCR. Um, building on these kind of higher level building blocks means you can be flexible and move applications around different clouds whenever you need to. The uh, one notable exception here I should mention is um, data-based workloads are a bit harder to move around. So any compute-based or stateless services are especially easy to move between clouds. And if you don't have a platform in place that allows you to try out moving a workload to a different cloud and run an experiment, um, then you're truly missing out on some potential cost savings. And this gets and this gets even more exciting and challenging as you you know as developers start to build and deploy their apps you know along that entire continuum of compute from core, from core to edge uh, to bring those user experiences closer to closer to their to their users i'd imagine as well right very much so i think uh, i think the job of application developers is very much think about how to leverage these new technologies and the job of platform engineers is very much how to you know bridge the gap with the mental models and uh, bridge the gap between the different technologies. For example, we've seen one client of ours um, leveraging some of these more edge-facing technologies. They have a uh, box in their Zeta account that they call serverless. And all their application developers build applications using this thing that they call serverless, Acmeco serverless. In reality, that serverless bucket um, deploys to AWS Lambda, deploys to GCP, deploys to Cloudflare workers. There's several different serverless implementations that are actually powering that thing underneath, and that's completely opaque to the application developer. Um, I think this is a really great innovation because application developers, they just know they want to be at the edge. They know they care about latency, and infrastructure engineers can actually figure out all the details to make that happen in an efficient way. Great. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on. Any other any any last words of advice for anybody before uh, before we sign off? Um, I think uh, last words of advice. Definitely, I think platform engineering is the trend to watch right now. If you're interested in the DevOps space, I'm a I come from a product engineering background going into infrastructure, and uh, I think that's been a really useful background for me in thinking about what is the right experience to provide to my end users who are developers trying to build applications. And so, if you're trying to figure out where this world of DevOps is going. I definitely think uh, researching into platform engineering is well worth doing. Johnny, thanks so much. Uh, where can people find out more? Uh, what can connect to you, connect to Zeet, find out more about Zeet? You can, uh, you can find us on LinkedIn at Zeet Co. Um, or on Twitter. Um, our website is zeet.co. Um, come hang out with us in our Discord. We're always uh, hanging out there and talking about platform engineering and DevOps and all sorts of fun technology there. Thanks a lot, Johnny. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Craft of Code. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please subscribe to make sure you're the first to hear when we release future episodes. And we'd love it if you left a review. 